Welcome to the Data Podcast. My name is Brian Ward, the creator and host of the Data Podcast. I am a coach, Marine Corps veteran, speaker, husband, and you guessed it, a dad. Are you ready to be inspired to be the best dad you can be for your family? This show will provide you with the tips, tools, and strategies to do just that. Are you a dad just going through the motions? Or are you looking to really elevate your dad game to the next level? Truth is, it is a blessing to be a dad. This is a responsibility we must take seriously. In the end, how do you want to be remembered? I hope you want to be remembered as a phenomenal dad. Your legacy starts in the home, not outside the home. If you're really ready to elevate your dad game, then make sure you bang that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode. Now, let's get started. Data. Welcome to another episode of Data Up, everyone. Thank you guys very much for joining me. I have two very special guests on my show today. I am super excited because these two people are two of one, or I should say a group of my favorite people. Uh, I, I just love them to death. They're just awesome. Uh, very, very good friends of mine. I, I wish we lived closer, but Seth and Melanie and Studley is their last name. Yes, that is not a pronunciation <laughs> issue. Nothing. It's Seth and, St- and Melanie Studley have joined me on Dad Up. I'm super excited to have you guys. Thank you guys very much for joining me. Thank Absolutely, you so much man. for having us. It's you know we we text back and forth and message and stuff, but like talking again, you were uh, we just had you on our show too. Talking again, it's always a pleasure. So yeah. like the energy you bring, I appreciate the the relationship. And same, too. I wish we'd live closer too. Oh it man, be so cool. Dinners, hanging out that that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, uh, so good. Listen, uh, for you that are watching this, I mean, this these people are like you know, good friends of mine, and I've never met them. Uh, I just gotten to know them over the last year or so. I've just gotten to know them. And they're just phenomenal people. They're phenomenal parents. They're a phenomenal couple. They're super close and super important to each other. But more importantly, they also are super close with their kids, which is Mm -hmm. kind of the basis of my show being a parent. Uh, But one of the things that they're really, really good at, and I think it's an important topic that needs to be discussed today, is about our relationships as couples. Um, but before we dive into all that, I want them to kind of go through kind of a back history, you guys, kind of your experiences and, and how you got into the things that you're doing now. Um, just kind of your experience for my listeners who may not know who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So some, some background, uh, I was born and raised in South Carolina and I moved out to Seattle, been here about 20 years. So I'm fairly well acclimated. Uh, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. Melanie and I have been married for about 18 years. We have three kids and we went through some really, really tough times uh, after the birth of our second son. Um, we were looking to each other to kind of fill the holes that um, weren't, uh, are, are not able to be filled by another person. You know, we have to have that, like whatever we lo- we're looking for, we have to fill that ourselves and like be complete and whole ourselves before we can go into a marriage. A lot of people don't realize that mm-hmm. they go, Oh, marriage, this will be great. And then boom, you know, a couple years later, like, wait a minute, what is this? I'm not happy. Oh, it must be your fault. Right. And we had fallen prey into that and probably should have been divorced a couple times over, honestly. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll let you tell your part of the story of that. Well, there's, there's so much more to it than that. We, um, we had our first kid a few years into marriage, like five years in, And then we had our next kid 15 months later and I was sitting there holding a two week old and our one year old was sleeping in the crib. And Seth confessed to me that he'd been lying and looking at pornography, which isn't the end of the world for some people, but in my world, it was the end of my world. And I did not know how to cope with that. Uh, We had been at the time, like I was leading worship at our church. Seth had got a degree from a Christian university and my whole paradigm just like crumbled at my feet as I was holding my two week old. And I threw the remote at Seth. And that sort of like was the first domino of the hardest season of our marriage where we were processing like, how did this happen to us? Why am I like, why am I falling apart? What do we do about it? And it just got so dark and so ugly. It came to the point where I gave him a black eye. And when I speak at events, when we speak at events about this now, what I find shocking is that many women will applaud when I say that I gave him a black eye. Like it, that feeling is so universal in couples that like, oh my gosh, I wish I had done it. And she actually did, which is crazy to think of. Like that's domestic violence, right? Yeah. Um, but that is sort of what started 
all of our journey of trying to heal. And in that process of trying to heal, we looked at books and, and, and resources. And again, this was 13 years ago. So that was a much different time. Podcasts were like, I don't even know if they existed then. And books were typically either super vanilla or they were for the academic population. And so everything was like, where's the book for the lady who gave her husband a black eye, but doesn't actually want to divorce him? Like, where's the book for that? Because I can't find it. And so we just plotted along and went through it. And it was so hard. And when we got to the, to like the first sort of other side, we turned back and we were able to say, whoa, we actually got through that. Mm -hmm. How did we get through that? And that's when it was sort of the idea of creating a show about it, that's why it's called anatomy of us. It's dissecting what happened. It's dissecting what we did to fix it and giving people tools. And so that's really how our whole journey began. And you could not have told me 13 years ago that that moment of what felt like my world falling apart was actually the foundation right. of a new relationship with Seth mm -hmm. and our new business. And like all that, I, you would have, I would have never believed you. Yeah. So it's, it's like, uh, millions of downloads later yeah. 500 episodes like oh this all started because of a yeah. black guy right yeah. and oftentimes growth comes from the intense trials and discomfort and things that we don't want to face right but if we're willing to go through it mm -hmm. to do the work and in, not to individually give up, yeah. and of course as a couple it's like there are so many greater things on mm -hmm. the other side and we documented the whole thing yeah. and made a process of it and are helping and we're still on a journey we're and still, still on a journey. you know you know we're still on a journey that's right <laughs> well let me ask you this I, I, and i may get i may get a little personal here but if i am yeah. just tell me tell me to shut up um no. <laughs> so seth back then um you had this you know, addiction or issue that you were dealing with, was it, uh, was there a reason behind it? In other words, was there, was this an escape? Were there issues in the marriage that you weren't real comfortable with? And, and this is why it led you to that path. Cause I, I asked that because <clears throat> I too went through an issue, not that, but I had a drinking problem and my drinking problem stemmed from how I was, how I was raised. I grew up around alcoholics and then also my time in the Marines, I was just a drinker in the Marine Corps and mm -hmm. it carried into my family life. And I found myself one day um, heavily, you know, drink. I was still functioning. I was what they call a functioning alcoholic. Um, I didn't right. drink when I coached and all that kind of stuff. I didn't drink and drive. I didn't do those kinds of things. But when I was at home, I was a heavy drinker. And I found myself one day watching TV and I told my son, who was like 11 at the time, I said, hey, can you grab me a beer out of the fridge? And he went to grab me a beer and I went, wait a minute, what am I doing? I'm just mm -hmm. teaching my kids mm -hmm. about drinking by having them get me a beer. And I don't want my boys being raised like that. That's how I was raised. Mm -hmm. So I shifted and I had to pivot and I literally turned it off. And over 13 years now, I've been completely sober because I just made that mental wow. shift that my family was more important. And I, and I use, thank you. And I used, I tell you that story because I used my drinking as kind of my, just kind of my escape mechanism. There was a lot of stress mm -hmm. and a lot of pressure I was on and it was just my mm -hmm. way to relax and escape. So I tell you that story because I want to know from you, what was the reasoning or did you discover what the reasoning was behind your issue back then? Yeah. And it wasn't, and we talked about this a little bit, I mean, not us, but like on other shows, mm -hmm. it wasn't an addiction. It was so normalized growing up and just in, in our culture, it's like, oh yeah, okay, well, whatever. And that's sometimes being, being a, a psychotherapist, like we, we sometimes often, well, not well often we go to what we know. And if something is hard or discomforting, usually we try to do something to stop whatever it is, you know, I mean, that could be drinking, eating, uh, Instagram, Facebook, mm -hmm. porn, shopping. Uh, alcohol, shopping, mm -hmm. uh, Amazon, Netflix, right? So a lot of this stuff is a coping mechanism. And I didn't have really good coping skills. I, neither one of us oh, did. No. We were just like, I don't even know how we made it. It was just like, we were so blind to a lot of things. But I, I do want to clarify, it wasn't an addiction. It was just something that had happened several times. And then at the church we were going to at the time, I felt really convicted. I was like, hey, this isn't right. I need to share this with my partner because number one, I want to do the right thing. Right. Number two, I want to be close to her. And this is something that doesn't bring us closer together. So let me put all my cards on the table and put it out there in hopes of us growing closer. Uh, it kind of backfired, but <laughs> I know that's the thing that's so crazy. It's like Seth did the right thing, but and I did the wrong thing. When I say backfired, it, it 
in the moment it felt like it backfired. Like, oh, I just I shouldn't have said nothing. But it's one of the reasons we have all this stuff. I mean, it, literally, it's one of the reasons that we have our third kid. Yeah. Because we easily could have gotten divorced, but we stayed together. And now we have a kid and a business and a podcast and all that stuff. So, yeah, oftentimes, guys and women, we go to, we, we try to minimize pain, maximize pleasure in, in whatever that is. And if you're willing to go, wait a minute, this whatever I'm going through, trial, tribulation, or whatnot, on the other side of it are great lessons to learn and behold. And when once you know something, oh, guess what? Then you can teach something. Mm -hmm. And if we're willing to sit in the discomfort and just basically do right, there's a whole lot of stuff on the other side. And with us, me and Melanie, we're both growth mindset people. I don't want to leave anything on the table, you know? Like if that's like finances or experiences or relationships or anything like that. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I don't want to let, I'm not going to let this get in the way, fear, anxiety, whatever, get in the way of this other thing that can be awesome. If, if that, if that makes sense. I know that kind of went around, but that's <laughs> hopefully that answered your question. No, it does. And I want to, I, I want to continue with it though, because I think it's important. You know, I, this show is for parents. The show is for parents to help guide them through the, the raising of their children. Um, but this particular episode is really for the relationships of the husband and wife or the spouses or the partner, whatever you want to call it. Um, because I think that that's really the, the foundation of us raising children. Our relationships have to be strong in order for us mm -hmm. to have well-managed, well-productive children and well-behaved children. Mm -hmm. Now, there are exceptions to the rules. You can have couples that end up getting divorced, but they still have very well-behaved and functioning kids because of the relationship they continue to maintain. But for the sake of our conversation, your guys's relationship and speaking to parents out there that, that are struggling with a relationship or maybe going through something with a relationship for you guys, uh, in your experience, when you guys were dealing through this 13 years ago, what advice would you give to parents or a, a husband or a wife that may be struggling with something that they're having to deal with, with the other partner? Maybe it is an addiction. Maybe it is, you know, maybe it's a gambling. Addiction. I don't know, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know what, Seth, Melanie, I am struggling with something with my spouse right now. We're really I'm struggling with this, something that she is doing or not doing mm -hmm. or he is doing or not doing, what advice would you give to parents that, or couples that may be struggling with an issue with each other? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would say right out of the gate, one of the things I wish we had done sooner and with more sort of fervor is reached out for help. So we did uh, end up going to a Christian counselor at our church uh, and it took time. So I want to say this like caveat, the first Christian counselor we went to was terrible. <laughs> it was at the same church, one room over. This dude had no um, training. He was not a, an actual therapist. Like he was just like the church went, yeah, you can work with couples. The dude basically told us, well, some people just get divorced. Shrug. <laughs> and we're like, I'm sorry. What? Like I have babies and I, I don't need to hear that some people just get divorced. So that was the first person that we went to go see. But we didn't give up after that. And we went and saw a different dude who was a therapist, like he was a clinical therapist as well as worked at the same church. And that was a game changer. So if you're going through a season with your spouse and you've got kids of any age, the first thing I recommend is don't try to do it alone. If you could have done it on your own, you would have done it by now. That's your sign that you need someone to help you, right? So that's the first thing. Um, I would say that the second thing is, don't just blame your spouse. Mm. Like you're a part of this combination here. Like it takes two to tango. I know that sounds a little bit silly. And sometimes that's hurtful to hear if your spouse is the one who quote caused the problem. So that's how I, my behavior, when, when we went into this, I was like, well, Seth is the one who did the wrong thing. Even though I'm the one who gave him the black eye. I thought my actions were justified. His were not. Mm -hmm. My actions were a response. His was like a choice. Right. So I don't know, right out of the gate, drop your ego at the door. And, yeah. you know, like, and, and to piggyback on both of those things. So like if, 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 and you came up with it and like, okay, the two number one pieces of advice, if that makes sense. <laughs> two, we have two number ones here, right? Not a, not a runner up is get help. Yeah. You can't do it alone. Mm -hmm. Right. And a lot of guys in particular. So for dads, fathers, husbands listening, it's like, okay, man, you don't have to be, you know, big ego, macho about this. 
if you and I had to move a giant couch, you know, if you called me up, Hey Seth, come down I'm moving, you know, help me out. All right. I'll be there soon. You know? And you had like the biz- biggest couch on earth and it was no way that you and I could carry it. What would we do? Oh, let me call my buddy. We can right. do it, Seth. We can do it. Well, I mean, I mean, you and I, yes, but other, other mortals may not be able to do it. Right. So what would we do? Hey, you know, Johnny, can you come over? Give us a hand. We would ask for help and we wouldn't think anything of it. Oh, I'm a wuss. I, you know, should be able to do this. Baby, baby, right. Can't move the couch. But guys with emotional things, that's how we approach it. Right. So if you are going through something difficult, marriage, work, whatever, personal, go get help. Either if that's with a trusted friend, I know you're a huge advocate of your board of advisors, mm-hmm. other like minded men around you or women for women or a therapist. Go get the help. Right. Number two, once you start going to get the help, because this was literally our process, that counselor, that therapist looked me dead in the eye and said, Seth, what are you doing, man? And he was older, so I respected him. What are you doing? And that was my first step, my foray into going, wait a minute, what am I doing? What did I contribute to this? What do I need to take extreme ownership on, accountability on, and apologize for? Melanie, I'm sorry, I didn't see this. I you know, should have been doing this, but I'm uh, you know, committed to this. And she did the same thing. So number one, we got help, somebody outside of us, right? Because clearly we weren't cutting the mustard. Uh, so getting help and then individual accountability for our parts in that. That is exactly what I would say yeah. to couples. I would say, can I add one more thing Yes. that again, I wish someone had just said this to me earlier is be careful. So while you're getting help, reach out to people that, so add this caveat, reach out to people that will actually be helpful mm-hmm. to your marriage. Because oftentimes we go, well, I'm going through this hard thing. I'm going to talk to my mom or my sister or my friends. Ugh. Now they're on there. Yeah. You know what I mean by that. <laughs> right. So sometimes the wrong person share when you share advice or you share your issues with the wrong person, you will get very bad advice that is very biased, very like, well, he shouldn't have done that to you. And they're never going to show you what you did wrong. So for example, I love my mom. She's never going to be like, well, Melanie, what you said was mean. She's never going to do that. She's like, session, no, you know, because I'm her daughter. Mm-hmm. And so be really choosy, be more choosy than you would think you should be when you decide to talk to people about this, because some people, and these are lovely people that you might love with all your heart and soul, but they may actually poison you to your spouse. And it's so hard to see at the time. Cause you, I, like I said, I wanted him to be the, the reason that things were bad. And I was this like victim, even though I was behaving terribly. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was only looking for like affirmation that, yeah, he is the bad guy. You're right. Um, And that was one thing I really wish I could go back in time and have someone say like, not everybody, even people who love you are going to give you advice that's true, helpful, or accurate. So be careful, be very choosy. Yeah. Those are great points. And I want to touch on the first one talking about get help. Um, Mm -hmm. I am a huge uh, advocate for therapists, for specialists. Uh, when it comes to our mental health, uh, mm-hmm. whether it's our mental health personally or, you know, with our with our spouse or, you know, couple, um, because that is like you guys said, it's like the third party that's an expert in the area helping you guys navigate what is a challenging journey. Because mm-hmm. being married or being a couple, you're, you're essentially with that person 24 seven for the rest of your life. That's a long time for the rest of your life. And for you guys to figure it out on your own, yeah, you could probably do it, but statistics shows that it doesn't happen. You know, there's, there's more couples that end up in divorce than, than stay committed or married. Um, so getting that help, getting that third party, my wife and I, and I know I've shared this with you guys before, but my wife and I see a marriage therapist. She's our coach. Mm-hmm. We call her our marriage coach and she's a licensed therapist. And we see, we go to her once a month mm-hmm. and we do that. We've been doing it now for over three years. And we do mm-hmm. that because we want to make sure that, Hey, we're in the thick of our relationship right now. We've gone through a lot over the years, but now we're, we're past 25 years. We're in the thick of it. We need to make sure we're staying committed to each other. 25 years is a yeah. long time to be married. Um, but the fact that we're committed to each other and seeing this therapist once a month and staying committed to mm-hmm. that, regardless of the cost, because it's not cheap. So regardless of the cost um, is just 
I recommend it. So if there are couples, mm -hmm. couples out there that are watching this that aren't seeing a therapist and you're like, I don't need to see a therapist. We're fine. We're great. Well, mm -hmm. you don't know until you do. Yeah. And oh, absolutely. for men, oh my goodness, for men, check, like you said, Melanie, check your ego at the door because men are like, I ain't seen no therapist. I can handle stuff on my own. I can lift that couch mm -hmm. by myself, right? Right. Um, right. <laughs> it's not, no, it's not like that. It's like, dude, once you once you sit down with it, I love, I look forward to going to our appointments. Yeah. We had an appointment last weekend. I'm telling you this. We had an appointment last weekend. We had several things coming up. My wife said, you know what, maybe we should postpone this weekend. And cause we've got a lot of things going on, you know, going on this weekend, blah, blah, blah. And I said, no, 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 no. I want to go. And she's like, Oh, yeah. okay, that's fine. Now she didn't, she was like, just saying it because we're really busy. And I'm like, no, no, I look forward to it. I want to go. I want to go. She's yeah. Like, okay. So we showed up. Um, but yeah, seeing a therapist, um, it's just, I mean, gosh, I, I, she's our coach and I love yeah. it. Yeah. I love, I love our, we, yeah, we go to a therapist once a week and I love it. It's like, so I look forward to it as well. And our therapist is rad. So yeah. yeah. And uh, the one misconception of therapy. So I am a marriage therapist, right? And a lot of times couples come to me when the wheels are falling off. Yeah. Right. Right. But it's the wise couples. And I'm not saying that other couples are dumb or anything like that, but wise intentional couples get that maintenance yeah. or keep that maintenance going like you guys once a month. And that is what we're doing now because sometimes when you're sitting in the therapist office, it's a different environment. You're calm. The conversation is facilitated. Mm -hmm. You can begin and start to think about things that if uh, I was, we were on a client call this morning and I was like, you know, sometimes these past hurts or, or whatever, or just things that kind of like uh, rub you the wrong way. It could be years ago. It's like having a, an open window on your computer. And over time, especially over 25 years, we've been married 18 years. That's a lot of open windows that we may have forgotten about, right? And what happens to your computer when you have a thousand open windows? It runs slow. Mm -hmm. Why well, is this thing going slow? What's the deal? You know, they had more horsepower, you know, five years ago. What's, what's the, uh. And so what we begin to do in therapy, even things that you haven't thought about, right. you, you're beginning to go in and close those windows. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that your marriage is doomed or messed up or you're so crazy or whatnot. Right. It's, it's like... It's like putting new spark plugs in a car right. kind of thing. It's like, all right, we, my fuel mileage is way better yeah. and it's a little peppier. We don't shame maintenance of any other form except for relational maintenance. Like you mm -hmm. don't, you wouldn't shame someone for putting new siding mm -hmm. on their house or a new roof. Or like, well, it's leaking. It's causing damage in the rest of our home. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't be like, oh, weakling putting on a new roof. Get over it. Like we, that marriage is about the only place or personal health is about the only place that we shame maintenance. No, I, exactly. And that's one of the reasons why I love our coach, because I think, mm -hmm. our, listen, when we're out of shape and we're going to go to the gym, we're going to hire a trainer to show us yeah. what we need to do, show us the foods we need to eat, show us how to work out. Mm -hmm. When we're feeling sick, when we're not healthy, we'll go to the doctor to give us medication to help take care of us. Pro athletes have coaches. Yes. Pro athletes, yeah. They're paid. They are, they're already an expert in their, in their field. Yet they have mm -hmm. Tiger Woods has a golf coach that he works right. with constantly. So those are mm -hmm. just examples. Why not? And this is the same reason why I have a, a board of directors. Why mm -hmm. not have a coach for our marriage? Why not? Mm -hmm. I mean, like, yeah. Coaching. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I'm all no, no, I was just going to say that, <laughs> like, like you said, uh, Seth, too many people come to you when their problems are massive. And then it's like this, battle to get them back to a healthy, healthy relationship. But if imagine you're, you're driving down the road and you don't take care of your car and the transmission falls out, now it's going to be really expensive to fix. But if you, right. if you kept the maintenance up over time, your, mm -hmm. your car is going to continue to run fine and it's going to continue to run longer. It's the same thing with our relationship. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So with our coaching uh, business, high performance marriage coaching, we've had a, a ton of couples come through and the couples that come to us when the wheels are falling off, there's more work to do, so right? Much more work. But the couples that come to us and go, oh, wait a minute, you know, things are pretty good. We just want to like level it up mm -hmm. and be shown our blind spots and all that stuff. It seems like those clients just open up, right. like, like flower up, you know, oh, it's like, yeah. okay, full throttle, no, no red lights. They just go. Right. And it's a, it's a different dynamic. And I'm not saying like, oh, those couples are wiser or whatnot. We're, we're all where we are, but it is wise, just like anything in life. Oh, my computer, uh, time to, you know, clean it up or empty the garbage or whatnot, or like spring clean here. 
it's not, you know, until like the garbage is overflowing and it's gross when mm -hmm. you do something. No, yeah. that's, that's not how we treat it. Um, so couples that can see that and see the value in that and treating their marriage in that way are going to have a longer right. lifespan. Well, it's like that a problem ignored is a problem multiplied or whatever. Like if you mm -hmm. just ignore it, it just grows. There's, you know, it becomes a huge problem. Like you said, when the transmission falls out, that's a, that now you're not driving anywhere. Right. You know, right. you're stuck for a while until you fix that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah we just, uh, at our last session, um, one of the things that we ask, cause we really, you know, we go, sometimes we go into sessions, we don't have anything to talk about because mm -hmm. you know, she'll just ask us, how are you guys doing? What went on this last month? Blah, blah, blah. Um, but this last session I said, um, you know, I want to know from you. Uh, and it was really cool. Uh, what she told us to do. I, we never even thought of it, but, uh, I said, I want to know because we're coming into, you know, this season where we're coming into the new year, all that kind of stuff what things should we be doing as a couple? Because right now we're seeing you that's helping us. And we're also reading at night. So my wife and I read mm -hmm. in a, in a marriage book that we read, we both have a copy and we read it together for a half an hour. She reads while I read. And for that half an hour we read. And then for the next half an hour, we sit and talk about what we just read and we share yeah, it. Cool. So we do that every single night. And so I said, besides those two things, what else should we be doing to help strengthen? Or like you said, Seth, help level up our marriage. And she said, well, I want to know what your guys' routines are. So in the morning, when you guys wake up, do the first thing you guys do is kiss each other? Or do you guys go about getting ready for the day? And I said, no, we get ready for the day. She's like, okay, first thing in the morning, regardless of morning breath or not, give each other a kiss. Very first thing, mm -hmm. don't do anything else. Very first thing, you give each other a kiss. And right before you go to bed, when you guys are getting into bed at night, give each other a kiss. That's the first two things I want you guys to do to help you level up. The next thing mm -hmm. is... She said, I recommend this. And you guys probably would recommend this as well. But she said, how about asking each other specific questions at night before you go to bed mm -hmm. or talking, like asking something, something unusual, just kind of a frame of like a few questions. So my wife came up, my wife and I came up with um, saying something that we appreciate about them before we go to bed. Mm -hmm. So that finishes our day with a good positive note for our relationship. So we'll say something, you know, I'll say something to her, what I appreciate. And it can't be the same thing. It has to be something different. What I appreciate mm -hmm. about her, even if it was for that day, uh, something that I appreciate about her and she'll say something that she appreciates about me. I think those are two things between the giving each other a kiss and saying those things at night Yeah, um, are super cool. So yeah, I want to know from you guys. As you guys, I mean, because you guys have busy lives. You guys are running a business. Mm -hmm. You guys are running a podcast. You guys are running around with the kids. Uh, you guys are dealing with snow, uh, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> I want to know from you guys, what is your guys' um, rituals as a couple to stay, help stay, uh, mm -hmm. to help the relationship stay strong? Well, yeah, okay. We have now, a couple and maybe you're thinking about what I'm thinking about. I'm probably thinking what you're thinking. All right. What are you thinking? You go first. <laughs> uh, well, it immediately makes me think of, I'm going to, it's going to feel like a story for a hot second here, but um, I created what's called the power couple planner. And I created this actually for a client initially. And then I was like, oh snap, this is amazing. And we're going to do it. And basically it's like, you're looking at a week at a time and it's a planner four couples to prioritize your marriage. That's all it is. Now the, the planner itself has a bunch of extra stuff in it, like conversation starters and date night ideas and whatever. But really at the end of the day, it's about systems for success. So you mentioned um, that like professional athletes have coaches. They also have plays that they run practice that they do and systems that I mean, they talk follow. about plays. He's, you know, all the plays, right? Uh, right. I mean, look coaching basketball right, right. and so, stuff and all that yeah and so the way that I looked at it I took this idea of like well like business success or sports success so why don't we overlay this into a relationship that means consistency it means showing up for like you have to have a moment where you're planning the play so that means like on Sunday morning we have in our planner we sit down with our coffee and we talk about our week we look at our schedule and we don't only talk about like, well, Mariner has to go. Our son's name is Mariner. Mariner has orchestra or tough. Our middle son's name is tough Studley. You're welcome. Uh, so tough has, uh, you know, he wants to go to the skate camp and Tacoma. So we go and we talk through our day, the logistics of our week, but then we plan like capital P plan. Mm -hmm. We're going to sit and snuggle on the couch on Tuesday. We're going to go get sushi on Friday. We're going to take a walk at the church on Wednesday. Like, we plan in all of these connecting moments because if we don't, it's so like what, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail right. that idea. 
if we don't schedule these things in, nobody's going to do it for us. And they just won't happen because we've got three children, two dogs, the one that's pregnant. <laughs> We're going to have puppies in February. Like life is busy. Things just go. And if you don't plan these things, they will not happen. Mm -hmm. um, now, was that easy to create and to implement? And are we perfect at it? No. It takes time because it's like really clunky at first. And it feels really like, kind of feels lame. Like, what? Well, I'm going to plan my, oh. mm -hmm. like you, it just feels kind of dumb, but it's so powerful. We also plan intimacy. So like it's in our planner on our schedule, the nights that we're going to be intimate. So that is huge for couples because um, there's often this dance of, well, I'm not going to say anything unless he says something. And then he's like, well, she hasn't said anything. So I won't. And so there can be people will fall into the streaks of never having sex. Because it's never on anyone's radar. No one knows how to talk about it. Um, so that is my answer. My answer is the power couple planner, yeah. which will be coming out soon. <laughs> which is great. And that has everything about intentionality on it, plus being on the same page, mm -hmm. all the stuff. But it actually wasn't what I was going to say to Brian's say? question. We have another thing that we created called PIGS. Oh, yeah. And this is something. It's, so PIGS is an acronym. It stands for prayer, intention, gratitude, goals, and service. We spell it wrong. It has two Gs. It has two Gs, right? But this is a practice that we just came upon. We're like, well, wait a minute. Okay, let's continue to be intentional mm -hmm. around this. And of course, in our relationship, that prayer time is important, mm -hmm. right? It's important to us individually. And of course, it's strengthening and covering and uh, uh, important to us as a couple. So this is a, a daily routine that we do. So we open with prayer. Sometimes Melanie prays. I think most of the time I pray. Mm -hmm. And then we share our intentions for the relationship. Today, I intend to be an attentive, mm -hmm. listening husband. And your intentions are like how you want to show up for the relationship. Not what yeah. you want to do that day, but like I intend mm -hmm. on. And it's always based on what you struggle in or what your partner has said they need more of from you. So like. I know that I struggled to be kind of soft and gentle with Seth. And so my intention today might be like, I intend to be more loving and like physically affectionate to you. That might be my mm -hmm. intention for the day. So that's the intention for the day. Next goals. Okay. Goals and intentions sometimes can overlap, but your goal is the larger picture. Like, what are you doing? Right? Like, okay, my goal is to continue to show up and be intentional like this. So we have less fights, mm -hmm. more connection, more fun times. Right. And it can be like to, mow the lawn like it can be actual goals yeah yeah to, to a degree and then of course gratitude like you said that you do with your wife what is one thing that you did today or last night that you appreciate you know melanie i appreciate how you always show up for the kids mm -hmm. you're a really good mom you show up right i appreciate or, your uh, guacamole you made last night it was delicious that was some good it was fresh <laughs> right uh, just little things like that. Right. And that feels good. You know, mm -hmm. like everybody listening likes to get some sort of accolade or like a uh, compliment from their partner, from their spouse, no matter how bad or good your marriage is. Um, so, and then that's gratitude and whatever goals and then service. Hey, Melanie, how can I show you love today mm -hmm. in your love language? I don't care what it is. Hey, Seth, I would really appreciate it if you mopped the floors today. Okay. I would well, never ask you to do that. I don't well, even mop the floor. Whatever. That's just an example. <laughs> but that is an act of service. Hey, Melanie, can you get XYZ from the grocery store right. on your way home so I can make this mm -hmm. guacamole right. <laughs> or whatever? Right. You know? And oh, guess what? Doing that day in, day out, it becomes part of our routine. Just mm -hmm. like your therapist said, Hey, what is your routine? What do you, what do you guys got going on? And that is a time where we can set aside that time, mm -hmm. be intentional about it, and rely rely on that time right. too. And I'm going all the way back to one of your opening statements, like, okay, why is it important for couples to be on the same page? And how does that um, uh, have implications in the family? Mm -hmm. Guess what? If we are on the right page, if we're connecting uh, emotional intimacy, physical intimacy, mm -hmm. spiritual intimacy, all these things, Guess what? Guess who benefits from that? Yeah. Your kids. Massively. In a zillion ways. I mean, all the research shows. Mm -hmm. Oh, and kids can join you in pigs too. Yeah. Awesome. Which kids is, which is pretty cool too. Like research bears out like, okay, um, more is caught than taught, right? So if our kids, if my sons sees, see their dad praying with his wife, what might they do? You know? Oh, that's important. Okay. I see that. You know, and same thing with our daughter. Oh, okay. Um, uh, mom, just thank dad for, I don't know, being a good dad or showing up or something. Oh, that's cool. So more is caught than taught, right? So 
as we are laying that groundwork and being intentional for our own relationship, it just goes, okay, now it has Mm -hmm. exponential effects Mm -hmm. outwards to all kinds of stuff, mainly the kids, because if a kid feels safe, seen, soothed, and secure by their primary caregivers, me and mom, Mm -hmm. guess how they're going to interact with the world? Oh, they're going to, whoops, somebody's calling me. They're going to show up, right? They're going to be secure. They're going to take appropriate risks. They're going to show love to their brothers and sisters and whatnot, right? So it it just has, it has so many effects. And like all the research talks about, like, yeah, the, the, a, a stable household, a stable mom and dad relationship can be so, is so beneficial in so many areas. And again, not saying that divorced parents, you know, if, you know, you come from a divorced family that you don't or can't have that, but it, it is, it is different if you know what I mean. No, uh, that's awesome. And I love that, uh, pigs. That's awesome. Uh, so, Hey kids, we're going to be pigs today. So yeah. uh, <laughs> that's, that's very cool. But I, you know, I want to touch on what uh, Melanie talked about the scheduling thing, because that's really important because we are so um, attuned to putting things on our schedule, like meetings or the podcast mm-hmm. episodes, or, you know, I have to call this person today, or I have to go to the doctor and do this today. So you put that stuff on your schedule, but no one ever thinks about putting their couple time on their mm-hmm. schedule. My wife and I, we do, you guys do it in Sunday morning. We do it Sunday evening. Uh, we sit down, you know, we'll be watching TV or whatever, but we'll say, okay, what do you have going on this week? What do I have going on this week? And then we, you know, correlate our schedules to make sure. Mm-hmm. And we plan our family time. All that kind of stuff is all scheduled and on our schedule because as you said, if it's not on your schedule, it will get pushed to the back burner and it will get completely forgotten. Now we know that there are, there are things that happen throughout the day that just throw a wrench into our schedule and it just messes it all up. That does mm-hmm. happen, but the chance, if it's on your schedule, there's a better chance of things happening, uh, mm-hmm. things getting done. And that includes mm-hmm. us as couples, um, showing up for our kids, um, showing up together for our kids. The fact that you guys use pigs as mm-hmm. a way to strengthen your relationship, you're right, Seth, it just trickles down to your kids. You're showing mm-hmm. your sons, hey, this is how a lady should be treated. If, whether it's my wife or my girlfriend or another person, this is how a lady should be treated. And you're showing your daughter, this is how men should be respected and treated. So mm-hmm. that is super important that you guys are showing that to your kids and they're getting involved with that. Uh, I think that's great. Um, so uh, A plus for that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's super uh, fun. I will say it's super fun to do pigs with kids because we have them say gratitudes about each other. So like getting oh, your cool. 10 year old to say what they're thankful for about their 15 year old brother is very cute. Uh, and it's like a good practice in empathy and care and all of that. So mm-hmm. very <laughs> I just want cool. to throw that in. Um, well, let me ask you this. It, so, all right, you guys, you guys have the perfect relationship. You guys are just, everything's great because you guys are so in tune with each other and you got a perfect family, you know? Okay. So what's wrong with Seth and Melanie? What, what are you guys, what challenges are you guys facing right now as a couple that you guys are having to navigate through? Well, first off, we, nobody's perfect. Right. And we all, everybody has stuff and maybe you run into this, like, okay, you have a show, we have a show. There's sometimes a, a pressure to feel like, Oh, well, I can't talk about that because I'm a therapist and we have a, we have a marriage show or like you're a coach and this and this, you're talking about being the best dad ever. Um, it's, but I have found that when we have shared our struggles, Mm -hmm. that's when people go, Oh, Yep, I can relate to that. Yep. Helps I can us relate too. to that. It, it normalizes it. And I really, I heard this term a while back and I don't know who created it, but there's, there's this thing called the power of going second. And we like folks who have shows, yourself included, us and others, give listeners the, the gift of going second. Mm-hmm. So if I come on the show and go, hey guys, what's up? Mm-hmm. I'm a licensed marriage family therapist, all this stuff. We have a show. And you know what? I freaking blew it last night. I went off on Melanie and, you know, said she was just like her mom or called her names and this and that and that. And I need to own that. I don't know. I mean, maybe I was stressed, something that I hadn't dealt with in the past. It came up and sorry, guys. Sorry, Melanie. But yeah, I blew it. So that gives other listeners the gift of going second. Like, whoa, okay, he just talked about it. And he said, this is how 
he gets through stuff like this, maybe I'll try that. Mm-hmm. Maybe I will go to therapy because my wife's been asking me for a hundred years and I haven't. Well, maybe, maybe this, okay, maybe I will. I'll try it out. You know? So it's like that, that little thing. We never know what we say or sometimes don't say that can have an impact on, on people. So saying all that, it's like, yeah, we're not perfect. And the thing, hmm, okay, let me see. I know what it is. Okay, go. <laughs> uh, well, it's actually the reason I reached out to you, uh, which I love. I just love that this is a part of our journey, like as friends. Um, so for the, so we went to Marcel Church. So this is going to back up a bit. We went to Marcel Church out in Seattle. It was like Seattle's first mega church. Uh, Mark Driscoll was the leader of it. And we went there for 10 years and it was awesome. There was lots of like goofy things in the, the church itself, but the church community that we were in was a huge part of our very first years of our marriage. Like that's mm-hmm. where... Uh, we, when we first started dating, we started going to Marcel. So it was in our relationship from day one, um, God was and church was. And then if you're familiar with the story of Marcel church and Mark Driscoll, it fell apart in 2014, I think. Um, and so the church actually just like exploded in a really terrible way where, uh, the, and the, because it had such a big draw, it had people from all over Washington. So we used to drive from Olympia all the way to Seattle, which is like an hour and a half. That we would drive one and a half hours one way Mm -hmm. to go to church when we were first married. Um, And so that meant we didn't have a local community. Our local community was actually like our church community was made up of people driving in from all these different areas. And when the church fell apart, we lost that that community, that church community. And at first we didn't. So we couldn't see that there would be an impact from that. And we kind of tried to go to different churches. We sort of church hopped for a while, but we never found anything. Also, there was trauma from that. There was trauma from like. We trusted a person who, you know, like our the leader of our church, we trusted Mark to be a good teacher, a good man, a blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, all that rug was pulled out from beneath us. And so right now, what we're walking through eight years later is, wait a second, not having a church community, a consistent church community for that long has actually caused like a void of of how to navigate faith as a couple how to navigate faith with teenagers now because at the time our kids were little and at the time we just popped them into sunday school and no big deal but now they've been out of that and so for us right now the i would say the real challenge i don't know if it's a challenge but what's ahead of us mm-hmm. is reintegr- reintegrating god into our marriage in a different way even though you just heard us say we pray all the time right but reintroducing and reintegrating god into our parenting because our kids are not acclimated to church life. Um, Reintroducing faithful, like biblical leadership for Seth, like as a man, what does it look like? Mm -hmm. What does it look like when you're married to a really strong woman who has really strong opinions? How do you still lead biblically as a man? Uh, How do you follow as a wife? Like that's what we're working through right now. Um, And there's a lot, there's like a lot more layers to it than that. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's, some healing yeah. through that as well, but and and not to be all churchy or anything like that. We're we're not we're not that way. We just uh, do. Listen, in, I love Joyce Meyer. I think I'm hey, that, hey, that, that's that's <laughs> fine. But in, you know, in in our our show and in our coaching and stuff like that, we go okay. There is an aspect to spirituality that is in, that is very important, right? And when I say spirituality, that's like everybody has a different one or whatever. Mm-hmm. We're not pushing anything in that right. way, but for us being very steeped in that and then going away from it and now coming back has been like a real growth process. Like, okay, how do I navigate this differently now? Because it's still very, very important. And then of course that has implications in other stuff. It's like, oh, how am I leading myself? What is important to me in my routine and my, my, you know, uh, my zone of genius and all the other stuff that goes along with that. And, oh, guess what? reaching out to you, talking to other men and women that we respect, and then also going back to uh, the therapist. Yeah. Because we couldn't do it alone. What? Who Who in the world would want to like do stuff alone? Because usually it's much more difficult. You burn yourself out and sometimes you don't even have success in it. Yeah. Whereas like, okay, you reach out, you talk to people, you share your story and then they can help. And like, and of course you can, you can help them in, in turn. It's like a, you know, just, uh, reciprocal relationship. So that is one of the things that we have been navigating now. Of course, I quit full-time therapy about two years ago to do podcasting and coaching full-time. And of course, that was a big transition because I had uh, worked out of the home for like 12, no, probably like 15 years mm-hmm. or so. And then, okay, 
what does that look like? And do, you know, being a business owner while still being a husband, a father, and then of course, taking care of myself, you know, doing activities that like feed me, yeah. talking to other guys, exercise, you know, routine stuff like yeah. that. So. And I will add one additional thing. There is the parenting part. Like we're having to navigate, you know, our family of origin differences. So where I was raised, where Seth was raised, the differences in those families, and then how we parent as our kids become teenagers and young adults, that's a pretty big season of their life. And that's another area where we're we're like actively working on figuring out how to do that well, because there aren't a lot of guides there either. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Okay, so I want to be I want to be cautious with my words. Um, But you guys, I mean, in essence, in, you were struggling with not only the commitments of your family and your business and all that kind of stuff. So you had a big change. You went from really, you know, having this career to now trying to run your own business to podcasting, to raising the kids, but also your struggle in finding that connection as a couple in your faith. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think that number one, I think that um, you're, I mean, as I told you, Melanie, this is not, you know, this is not something to be surprised by. This happens to a lot of us. It's happened to me. I've, I've, I've come across times in my life where there's been a lot of things going on and I just felt like, uh, and you're right, this isn't, a, this isn't a, you know, a churchy, um, you know, podcast, but for me, I'm big in my faith. I believe in my heavenly father. I'm committed to my heavenly father and I try to live my life by his rule, by his guidance. And there have been many times that I've lost my connection with the Lord. And I've lost, and I've asked, I've gone through weeks of asking, Lord, I'm looking for you and you're not answering me. Mm -hmm. I'm starting to lose my, my trust in you because you're not answering me. I can't, I'm not getting the answer I'm looking for, or I'm not getting any answer. Um, and that's not, that's not unusual. Um, a lot mm-hmm. of times I find that, and I've, and what has helped me is a lot of people have told me that, look, it's not that he's not there. It's not that he's not listening. It's not that he's not giving you advice. It's that you're not listening good enough, or you're not listening in the right way, or, mm-hmm. um, the devil is working in you uh, and mm-hmm. getting a stronger grip on you. Um, a right. lot of, there may be parent, there may be couples that may be struggling in their faith right now, um, struggling in finding that connection with the Lord. Um, that's don't, don't be afraid of that. That's not, that's not mm-hmm. something to be concerned about, but I love the fact that you guys start off with prayer as a couple mm-hmm. in your pigs analogy, going back to that, because mm-hmm. that's one of the first things you can do when you're fu- trying to sh- trying to recapture the connection with your faith is pray, mm-hmm. pray, just ask, pray. Um, mm-hmm. And it, maybe it takes several times throughout the day. Maybe you're praying every hour. I don't know what it is, mm-hmm. but yeah. whatever that is for you, do it uh, mm-hmm. and continue to do it and be consistent about it. So you guys right. doing that as a couple just proves that yes, our connection to our faith is strong and powerful. And we want to be, uh, we want to have this connection even stronger. And we're going to mm-hmm. start with our faith as a couple in prayer. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. There's, yeah, there's two things I want to say about that. Um, one is that I didn't realize until recently that I had massive unexpressed Um, expectations, like uncommunicated. I did not share them with Seth, but because we are believers, I had all these expectations of him that I, that, that, and I'm I'm saying this because that was creating tension. That was creating conflict in our marriage because we weren't resolving it. We weren't looking at it and saying, wait a second. And so I had all of these like unexpressed, uncommunicated expectations built on the faith side of things. And so I want to point that out because I think it's really important. Um, the other thing too, is I, what were you going to say? Cause you were tapping my, we hit each other when we like yeah. want to talk. I'm like, don't, no, it's my turn, it's my turn. Um, but I do want to talk about prayer alarms. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, what, that's what I was going to say. And let me, let me just give, set up the stage here. So when we were in the very thick, just really terrible times, right. like Melanie gave me a black eye, there was other stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, at one point, 
we talk about this in season one of our, our podcast is the episode is called hide the guns. Right. Mm-hmm. And at one point, Melanie was having a really, really hard time, very dark night. And I thought literally, okay, if I sleep tonight, I might get stabbed or shot. So, and, and again, and this is crazy and this is right. not an exaggeration. Yeah. If couples are experiencing domestic violence, get help immediately. I know it's a very touchy subject, but and we talk all about it. So you can go listen to those episodes there and you can find them on our website at anatomyofus.com. We have mm-hmm. all of the, that season is, is available. So, right. So there was one night, very late, very dark. I thought you better not fall asleep tonight, which is very, very trippy as a husband. No one gets married and goes, uh, let's see, should I sleep tonight or run the risk of getting stabbed by my wife? Oof, that's big, right? So I pushed a couch in front of the door um, in our living room. And Are you was kidding? Just, it was no. that bad. It was terrible. Yeah, it oh was. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry, you guys. I Yeah, uh, I mean. And but... That's why when I say we share this and we share all of this in our podcast in the first 13 episodes and you can go listen. We have a workbook because we process it out. Like it's right. not just like we don't glaze over it. This mm-hmm. is a big deal. So. On that night, I remember it. it was like a green couch, push it up against the thing. And I was just on the floor sobbing like, I don't know what to do. Everything is falling apart. This is insane. It was I guess it was a pretty fairly, you could say, a crisis moment. Right. And so I started like just calling out to God, God, I don't know what to do. Obviously, nothing is working. What should I do? And it was one of the times in my life. It was like there was nothing that I could hold on to except for God. Mm-hmm only God, the only thing. Right. And so that's when I decided, okay, I'm, I'm just going to pray. And so I set prayer alarms and I prayed, I kid you not for a year and a half, every single day when we woke up 9am, 12 o'clock, 3pm, 6pm. And then at night prayer alarms, no matter what I was doing, where I was, I would stop, lead the prayer. So first of all, I was leading the prayer. So taking that leadership Mm -hmm. piece, and, and he was praying with me. Sorry, you didn't say yes, that. Like, sorry. He was praying calling, with me. Calling Melanie or if we were in the same proximity saying, hey, three o'clock, let's pray. Sometimes she would be like, hell no, I don't want to pray. And I would do it anyway. Or other times, thank you so much. This is very important. So going back to like, yes, very solid in prayer. And then it seems like, okay, things we got on the other side of the storm. Things aren't crazy. We have uh, um, healed a lot of things. We've reconciled. We're getting back into a routine. Okay. Then that lasts for about 10 or 12 years, right? Not praying, you know, kind of the church falling apart. We're kind of bitter at like a bunch of stuff. Oh, well, and I became very cynical of the church. And then it, I think there's a correlation around the time when I left my full-time job and we started the business full-time, obviously there's stresses of a business. There's a lot of like different adjustments going on. Okay. Now I'm home more. We're working the same proximity. What is this? And Even that's like, like following COVID. There's following no, there's COVID, like yeah. The social oh. aspect of it was so, huge. So there's a lot of stuff, right? And so for a long time, got away from prayer and like, oh, having these same arguments, these like, you know, missing the mark over and over and over for a couple of months. Like, I, I mean, I would say like eight months and then like, oh, wait a minute, I'm feeling more anxiety, a little bit of depression. What's going on? And I finally realized, and this was probably just two months ago, I would say. I'm like, I remember it very distinctly. I was like, God, it's like I came back to that moment when I was scared for my life saying, all I've got is you, God, Mm -hmm. right? And I came back to that. I was in the middle of a river. I do the cold immersion Wim Hof stuff, you know? So in the middle of a really cold river and saying, God, I surrender. Nothing, this isn't working. I'm struggling. It's like, I'm just fighting against something. Why isn't this working? Why isn't this? And I was like, oh, God's not in it as he should be. Like, oh. Okay. And then, so, oh, guess what? Praying again. I'm reading the Bible again. Again, I know neither one of our shows or church or whatnot. This is just what I do, Mm -hmm. right? Like getting back in the Bible again and seeing it with actually really different eyes. Like, oh, I've read the gospels a million times. What is that? That hit different that time. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's crazy. And just getting back into that consistency. So I don't even remember what the question was, but that was (laughs) the process of where we were in the craziness healed, got away from what helped us out so much, and now coming back to it. And being a dad, maybe this will resonate with dads. So being a dad, I have two boys, right? We have two boys and a daughter. And I, as a father, 
would do anything for my kids, right? This even like makes me emotional. I would do anything for my kids, right? You would. And uh, man, Brian, why are you making me cry, man? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but just thinking of that and saying, okay, my son, you know, tough or mayor could go and just say, dad, don't talk to me, all this stuff. I'll just ignore, not take advice, nothing. Just be ugly to me, right? And whatever. Be like, okay, that's that's what they're doing. But if any moment in time they came back to me and said, Dad, I love you. I am so sorry. Please take me back. What do you think you or I would do as dads? Open arms, come back. Yeah. Yeah. Open arms, feast, everything, just like the prodigal son story, right? Yeah. And it hit me in a way that never, ever, ever, ever hit me before. That's what God did with me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man. That is so strong. That is so powerful. It's so meaningful, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, that just it, it it brought me back, you know. Uh, amen, man. I'm proud of you, dude. Yeah, I'm proud of you, man. Uh, that's really awesome. Uh, listen, he is uh, he is everything, and it doesn't matter what you're going through when you and you're right. This isn't this isn't a whole you know, Bible thumping session. It's not what this is about, but um, I've had those, those times where I've just felt lost. And the crazy thing is, is the second that you, um, the second that you're willing to come back to him, he's willing to accept you the same, same way that we are as parents. Uh, There are times in my life as a parent, I still make mistakes today. Yes. I lead a dad up podcast. Yes. I coach men on being good dads and good husbands. Yes. But guess what? I still mess up every single day and I still own those, own those mess ups. If my kids are mad at me or upset with me uh, over something that I did or didn't do, I own it. But if they ever say that they want anything to do with me, trust me, I'll be crushed. But the second that they go, you know what, dad? I shouldn't have said that my son and I have had those instances where he said, he, he has said some things to me that I, I just, I'm just shocked. Like, I cannot believe you just said that to me. Like if you were, if you were like a, a stranger, a grown man outside my house right now, I would throttle you for what All you right. just said to me, that kind All of thing. Right. Like, I cannot believe you just talked to me that way. And he's come back to me and said, I was wrong. I shouldn't mm-hmm. have talked to you that way. And of course, I'm not going to be like, oh, well, too late, buddy. Right. <laughs> you, you, right. you can pack your bags, man. No, I would never do that. And and you wouldn't either. We don't do that as parents. And our Heavenly Father is not going to do that to us. So mm-hmm. um, I'm glad that you shared that, Seth. And, and you know, when when Melanie, just for those of you that are watching or listening, you know, um, they have they have had their their times where they've struggled with their faith and Seth especially and Melanie reached out to me and asked um, for some advice on what she could do as a as a wife to help guide him in getting reconnected with his faith and I, you know I, I'm not the expert um, but I just gave her experiences and what I have gone through and the things that I did that helped me in hopes that it helped him and Seth I want you to know um, you know any time that you struggling with anything, uh, because I look at you as a, as a dear friend, uh, you know, that you got my number, you know, that you can always reach out to me day or night and I'll, and I'll do what I can to help you. Um, but I'm proud of the journey that you've, the journey that you've been on the journey that you've gone through the challenges, the ups and downs. I'm proud of it all because it's made you who you are. You're the man, you're the husband, you're the dad that you should be. And God has you right where he wants you. And you're doing the things for him the way that he designed and the same thing with you, Melanie, you're a phenomenal wife and spouse and leader for women. Uh, and God has you right where she, where he wants you. So you guys continue doing the things that you're doing. I'm, I'm really grateful for our friendship and our conversation today. I, I love you both dearly. Like I said, in the beginning, I wish we lived closer because I look at you two as really good friends of mine. And uh, I'm, I'm, excited to continue this friendship and uh, where this journey takes us, takes us both or all of us. So yeah. Um, yeah. for my listeners, I, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I, I just wanted to say a, a heartfelt thank you for yeah. that. You know, like we, I, I don't even know how we met at this point. It was, it was a, a, a while back, 
but I've always looked to you as like, oh, and I, I think I said this on, on one of the shows that we've done. It's like I, I played sports, you know, in college, wrestled and I, I mean, high school wrestled and played tennis and stuff like that. And the role of a coach, especially a, a, a guy, a male coach to a male whatever, like it, that's different. Right. And I, I, I think we all need that to some degree. And I see you as that. And I really, really appreciate you and your willingness to help and your hearts and what you do for dads. And what you've done for us too, yeah. like yeah, shoot, shoot me a text. Let's get on the phone. Let's talk. More guys and women need people like that. Yeah. Just like your board of directors, you're like, yep, can't do this alone. We get outside help. Mm -hmm. We need that. And if there's anything that is in the way of that, like your ego or whatever, or pride, or they'll think I'm stupid, or I don't want to bother them, that is not true. Mm -hmm. That is not true. Oftentimes, your friends and family sometimes. Uh, want you to do that. Like if, if going back to our sons, you know, if they're old or if my dad or mom or friends or whoever said, Hey Seth, can you help me out with something? You got a minute to talk. I'd be like, yes, I'm definitely glad and willing to, of course. But a lot of people don't do that because they think they're a bother. You are not a bother. Whoever's listening, you're not a bother. Take that chance. Text your mom, text your dad, whoever heal that relationship and ask for help because I promise you most people are willing and thrilled to be able to give it. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And it's something that we should do as couples too. I mean, there are times yeah. when I am just completely overwhelmed and the first thing out of my wife's mouth is what can I help you with? Mm -hmm. Because yeah. I should be, I should go to her and say, Hey, you know, can you do this, this, this for me? But I feel uncomfortable because I know she's overwhelmed too. She's got her own things, but she'll ask me, what do you need help with? But you'll be, you, you'll be amazed to see the amount of people that will get in line to help you. If you ask, yeah, yeah. If you ask. I will, I, yeah, I want to say too, I reached out to a lot of people, you included during this time, because I, I was like, I am not the person to help Seth but I don't know how to reach him. And I could see that something was going on and I knew that it was a big deal. So I reached out to you. I reached out to like maybe three other men. Mm -hmm. And the coolest thing is that almost all of them were like, I have been praying for him. Mm. I have been praying for you guys. So even I hadn't reached out yet, they, you were already on their minds. That's so cool. that's like sort of a testament to what you were saying. Like people do want to help you and they do want to love you and, and like lift you up and walk beside you. But they don't know how to ask mm -hmm. and they will be like, well, it's weird. I feel like praying for you. Uh, and they're never going to tell you. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, that, that was just so powerful. Um, it's community. We, we are designed for community and yeah. we do need coaches and friends and all of that stuff. So, yeah, no, I, 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 I do try to uh, reach out. I reach out to one person every single day that, you know, I haven't talked to in a while just to say hi and check in, but there are times uh, that uh, many times that I've gone through my days where somebody will just pop into my mind mm -hmm. and I don't think, why did they pop into my mind? I think, okay, they popped in my, my mind for a reason. Maybe I should mm -hmm. just reach out. And yeah. with technology, it's made it so much easier to just send a text mm -hmm. and go, Hey, you popped into my mind today. Just want to check on you and say hi and see how you're doing. If there's anything I could do for you, let me know. Um, so I do that a lot, but the fact that you, you know, reached out to, for somebody for help just shows that, Hey, it's okay to be vulnerable in times of stress and need. It's okay to show weakness. Men say, Oh, we shouldn't show our weakness. We're tough. We're, we can handle it. No, that's not true. It's okay to show weakness because it shows who your true character really, really is. And the fact that you guys did that is, is awesome. And it's just a testament to you guys as a couple, you guys are awesome. Um, so yeah, so if you guys are struggling out there, watching, listening to this, struggling with something and you need help in an area, maybe it's just something simple around the house that you just need your your spouse to help you with, mm -hmm. or your kids can help you. My two sons are older. They, they help out us all the time and they have to run errands or we tell them to run errands or whatever for us because we're too busy. Um, but you know, if you're struggling with something and you need help in an area, ask because you'll be amazed at how many people would be willing to get in line to help. Um, mm -hmm. And if you ever need any help from me, um, you can send me a message. I don't respond to DM to weird DMs. I do not respond to weird DMs. But if you're really a, truly in need and, and have a question, send me a question and you can send Melanie and Seth a question as well. Mm -hmm. um, but you guys are awesome. I just, I, I really do love our conversations and we've spoken a few times and uh, I just love our friendship. 
So what I want to yeah, ask you guys, likewise, for my listeners, viewers who may not know who you are or how to look you guys up, where to find you, all that kind of stuff. Let's let's hit them with with where they can go to to get all that information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So you can find everything on anatomyofus.com. Uh, Instagram, it's anatomy of marriage. It's kind of two names. Uh, mm-hmm. We started out as AOM. Now we're anatomy of us. Uh, TikTok, anatomy of marriage. Mm-hmm. Facebook. And also if people have questions, email us at hello at anatomybus.com. We also do, of course, high performance marriage coaching for uh, couples who are ready to make that investment and really level up and work on stuff, their blind spots, uh, stuff like that. High performance marriage coaching, which you can find on our website. We also do masterminds. Melanie has a women's mastermind called women's group coaching. And uh, those are some powerhouse ladies. It's it's pretty awesome. And then I also do a husband's mastermind called uh, Badass Husband. And um, we work on five core areas, body, bank, brain, beliefs, and board. And we're all trying to level up in each way. And uh, we're doing that with a group of men um, and women, of course. So yeah, anatomybus.com. For everything. Awesome. Well, that's awesome. Uh, thank you guys, Seth, Melanie. Thank you guys thank very you. much for joining me on an episode of Dad Up. Obviously, uh, you know, like I said in the beginning, Seth has been on my show before, uh, but I've never had you guys on together. And I thought that this was just an important topic for us as parents mm-hmm. to level up our relationship as a couple because it only helps mm-hmm. our children. So um, I appreciate all the guys, all your guys' advice and tips and tools and strategies and all that kind of stuff. I do hope uh, people check out uh, what you guys are doing. So thank you guys very much yeah. again. I appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. Thank you so thank much, you. man. This has been a great, great conversation. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Uh, Well, thank you guys very much for joining me on another episode of Dad Up. Thank you again to my good friends, Seth and Melanie Studley. Yes, that is their last name, Studley. So uh, make sure you guys are checking out what they're doing. If you guys have questions, need help, need guidance, need advice just in your relationship, maybe it is for you personally, reach out to them because they are more than willing to help you out. I promise they will love to speak with you, chat with you, whatever you need. And make sure you guys are checking out their podcast as well. Make sure you guys are subscribing to it. And as always, Make sure you guys subscribe to my podcast so you don't miss any of the awesome guests I have on each and every week. And as always, I look forward to seeing you all on the next episode of Data. Wow, another amazing episode in the books. So much was shared and I'm truly grateful my guest was able to pour into you to help you elevate your dad game and really data. Make sure you bang that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode. And while you're here, Please don't forget to leave me a rating and a review. I always appreciate the feedback. Also, did you know you can watch the video interview of this episode? You can by simply going to my YouTube channel at Data Podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe to my channel. And one last thing, don't forget, your role as a dad is one of the most important roles you have. So if you need a little help or have questions, Don't hesitate to reach out to me on my website at dataptribe.com or at my Instagram page at dataptodcast. Until next time, everyone, data.